morning. Glad that you are out uh, and could be with us today um, and celebrating Disability Awareness Week. Uh, I'm very excited to be able to facilitate a discussion uh, with some dear friends of ours here in the Northwestern community uh, as we seek to learn uh, and live with one another. Each person in this room has a story, right? Each person in this, in this room has some pain. And one of the beauties and mysteries of how God works is that he uses those things for the equipping of the saints. One of our orienting scriptures this week has been Ephesians 4. And, and secondly, we see how God works in our circumstances in John chapter 9. And so we want to kind of hold those things out there um, and be able to live uh, in such a way uh, as to be safe, to share, uh, so that we can learn and that God may be glorified uh, and that we may grow. So with that, I would like to uh, have our panel uh, introduce themselves to us today, uh, and then we will begin. I'm Dr. Dan Crane. I am on the faculty. I teach chemistry. I've been at Northwestern for more years than I can keep track of now, something like 28. And I'm also the Dean of the College of Behavioral and Natural Sciences. Uh, my name is Jamie. I am a junior and I am an English major. I'm Marcus. I'm a freshman here at Northwestern. Tom Yenter, and I uh, have worked here for about 10 years, working with PSEO up until recently. Uh, now I work in institutional effectiveness. Great, thank you. Tom, since you have a microphone, could you uh, tell us a little bit about your experience uh, of working in this community and how you have learned uh, from the people that God has brought across your path, be it students or staff? Yeah, so working with PSEO, um, I've worked with roughly half of the institution, um, and uh, with doing that, working with students all across the board, having worked as an advisor, as the director, uh, dealing with students no matter uh, what their background, uh, high achieving students, students that are struggling with whatever, uh, and then dealing with uh, whatever uh, may come across their plate at that time of uh, an unforeseen or even a foreseen uh, physical difficulty, a short-term disability, a long-term disability, uh, mental health issues that come up that uh, prevent the student doing what they were hoping to do in that time, uh, as well as just dealing with things uh, on my own side of, uh, you know, I, I was playing volleyball out on the island and I completely blew out my knee and dealt with short-term disability with that for a while, uh, as well as just dealing with stuff in my own family of uh, my wife having uh, rheumatoid arthritis uh, since she was 16, so having gone through college with her uh, almost 15 years of marriage, childbirth, and uh, raising kids and all of that with uh, a long-term physical disability that affects her entire body, uh, then dealing with mental health issues in the family. Uh, she's run into depression, anxiety, OCD, uh, germophobia issues in the last five years. Uh, in the last couple years, uh, my now six-year-old son uh, being diagnosed educationally with uh, autism spectrum disorder. 
uh, my daughter dealing with uh, anxiety issues over the last number of weeks, all of which just kind of throw life into turmoil uh, and dealing with how do you function uh, in a job, how do you function in life, um, how do you support yourself while those you care for uh, are dealing through difficulties of their own uh, as well. Thank you. Marcus? Same question for you two, please. How, how would, how would how, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you um, have been in this community, how you experience it, as well as some of the challenges that you face in living and learning here? So, um, I got numerous um, disabilities or problems. Um, one of them I have is I have uh, terrible hearing loss. Um, I can only hear in my left ear, and that can get in my way because then I miss the materials that are being said in class and just in regular conversations. Um, not that I want to miss it, but my hearing gets in my way. And uh, throughout my life, I've had um, breathing problems. Um, actually, I'm coming up on one year since my took I had my right lung taken out. And I had that taken out because I was too sick to continue. And if I didn't have that, I don't think I'd be here because I would, there's no way I could have done it. So um, I thank God for that. And it just, it, even with the disabilities I have, it makes it a challenge because I want to be involved. Northwest and how I can, but I have to be careful that I don't overextend myself and then end up flat on my back with an illness of some sort. So, thank you. So, if I could ask, uh, so did I understand that because of the breathing uh, issues that you've had, um, that you have a, com a compromised immune system? Uh, would, would, it, would it be that your, your immune system, your ability to fight off germs is somewhat compromised because of the, the breathing issue? Yeah, I, I have a weakened immune system as a result too, so that makes it even more risky. Like, usually I don't come in like a setting like this because, you know, so many people, you know, you know what's flying around. You know, what might be a simple code for you guys could blow up into a whole lot worse for me. Right. So I have to be kind of picky and choosy. Do I not, do I, is it not that I don't want to be here? No, I want to be here, but I don't want to get sick. Right. So it's, it's, it's a, Hard choices. It's a balancing act, shall we say. Thank you. Jamie? So I have a genetic condition called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which means that my body doesn't have a protein that it should, so I deal with a lot of muscle problems and arthritis. And so it kind of, it basically affects every area of my life, whether in a big way or a little way. And so like for coming to UNW, sometimes I can't come to class because I'm in a lot of pain, or sometimes I can't, I can't write as fast as everybody else because I have arthritis. So I use, in a little way that affects me is I'll use uh, gel pens instead of pencils because it helps me to write faster. Thank you. 
my challenge is a, an interesting one for an instructor. Uh, about five years or so ago, I went to the Mayo Clinic to have them try to figure out why I cannot write quickly or uh, neatly any longer. And the doctor, after hearing me talk about the symptoms for less than a minute, said, I know exactly what the problem is, despite the fact that neurologists here in the Twin Cities couldn't figure it out. And he said, it's, it's primary writing tremor. And it's a task-specific tremor that basically only manifests itself when I try to write. So I can type just fine. And so here's my paper and pencil. The uh, dreaded iPad and AirPrint is my friend because if somebody came into the office and said, hey, could you just write this out for me? Even if it were more than, say, five words, I would immediately head for the keyboard and print something rather than try to write it out because it simply takes me so long to write anything legibly that other people can write. And those of you that might be in my class might wonder, well, your writing doesn't look that bad on the board. It's bad, right? But it's not terrible. And it's because it's uh, apparently a different motion. So writing on paper involves different muscles than writing on a, a, white, a whiteboard. So I can still manage on a whiteboard okay with some difficulties, but uh, paper is a real problem. And signing my name is the worst thing of all. Uh, anything I've done a lot of different times, the, the brain and nerve pathway to the hand, I guess, is affected. So the more times I've done something in particular, the worse it gets. And so my signature is absolutely the worst. And uh, I'm glad I can still write legibly, though it takes me a long time. I know other people who have the same problem that cannot write numbers, for example, or cannot write letters at all. They, they simply cannot write, which is, that would be a problem. So I'm grateful I can still write a little bit. Thank you. Um, so I'm hearing a little bit about the challenges that each of your situations uh, pose for you. The other, other ways um, that maybe your, your disability, your challenge hinders you uh, or maybe it even enhances your life in community some way because it helps you to identify with others? Or can you, can you think a little bit about um, how your condition hinders or helps you? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you, you go back to the quote that makes its way around the internet falsely put to Plato, but saying like, be kind because you don't know uh, the battles that anyone is facing. Um, you can look at anyone from the outside, even if you see what you think is a a physical disability and you don't really understand all that's going on in their world. Um, so to be able to have faced things that were unforeseen, you know, in my case, going into a situation where we knew when we were getting married, yeah, rheumatoid arthritis, this is gonna be long-term, this is gonna be this or that. And then you start throwing in, okay, but how quickly do things set in, in your 20s, in your 30s, um, dealing with mental health uh, issues, things where suddenly you don't even feel like yourself. Um, what does it look like when children are in the mix? To then just say, um, boy, this is something that the community at large just doesn't handle well. Um, and to be able to understand that. And once you start having those conversations of saying, hey, I'm dealing with a mental health issue, or hey, this is what's going on, or 
you know, even as silly as my case of hurting my knee and working up on fourth floor NAS and realizing, okay, getting up to fourth floor NAS means going to the elevator at the far end of the building, going out to the road, coming around and going up to Riley. It's like, it can take 15 minutes to get to and from a meeting. And that was with crutches. I can't imagine what it would be like with anything more uh, significant. So suddenly that understanding of what others are going through that you don't even know about um, and the increased empathy, but also the increased uh, depth of conversations that come out once you start saying, hey, I'm dealing with this or something like that. Suddenly, uh, what were surface level conversations suddenly get to the heart of who someone is and what they're dealing with and uh, a new level of depth uh, enters into conversations. Great, thank you. So, I guess it, I don't know, EDS hinders me in many ways, so it's hard to pick like a few of them, but um, a couple of you have probably seen me around campus with a cane for the days when my legs just don't want to work very well, or I'm cold all the time, which is why I have the coat on, and I usually never take this coat off, even at my own house, and I like, because I'm cold, I sleep with three blankets, one of which is a heating blanket, and I guess it enhances my life because I, I have a lot of deep conversations with people now because people are like, why do you have a cane? Like, you didn't have a cane yesterday. Or I carry a pillow around with me sometimes because it's hard for me to sit for long periods of time. So people will be like, why do you have a pillow? Are you gonna sleep in class? I'm like, no, I'm not going to. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess it's just a lot of a lot of different ways from like the brain fog that comes with the pain or being in the pain itself or not being able to stand for long periods or sit for long periods or if I'm late for, I was late for class this morning and I couldn't run to class because I just can't run and so I'm late to class sometimes. Thank you. My situation has helped me appreciate the, the struggles that students might face students who have accommodations and take exams in the Alpha Center, for example. And I think back now to when I was a, a college student and I didn't face this problem. And I took a class at the, the U of M in biochemistry back in the middle 1990s, just for funsies. <laughs> and I was able to write out the exams at that time 
was about the time that the, the tremor began. And I took another class at the U of M in 2010 in material science. And I realized at that point, I would not be able to take the exams in the time allotted. I simply would not be able to write fast enough to finish the exam, even if I knew what I was doing. And so that awareness has helped me appreciate the struggles that students might face. And uh, that has been a, a good thing. Thank you. One of the themes I, I heard kind of through your answers was identification with others, um, being patient and to hear questions about what it is that's going on in your life um, and why you know maybe some things are happening, why you're wearing a coat or, or why you had a tracheotomy, Marcus. Um, could, you, could you speak a little bit or tell us a story when uh, just at some point in your life uh, of a specific story where where that went well or also when maybe it, you had a, a harder kind of conversation with a person? Yeah, I think really the tough thing to even answer that question is uh, when you're dealing with certain issues that are a little bit more hidden, um, we tend to try and keep those more hidden. Um, so it's hard to even think through multiple examples of great conversations or horrible conversations because for the most part, even though they aren't necessarily uh, personal things, I don't always go out into rooms of a thousand people and talk about here's mental health issues we're dealing with or to talk about, hey, here's why it takes us longer to get places. Here's why we consistently show up late besides the fact that we're just really bad at organizing our time. It's like, it can take an extra 15 minutes to get out of the house with a physical disability. You throw mental health issues in there, and you just start building this world around you where people just come to expect stuff, and, and you don't necessarily have those great conversations. Um, so to some extent, it, I don't have a great answer to the question because we avoid those conversations for the most part. Um, we don't, you know, even in the tighter-knit communities that we have in our church, a lot of people don't know what we deal with. Um, so it's it's more of a fear of having those bad conversations that prevents us from having the good conversations. Thank you. Um, I actually had to think about this one pretty heavily um, because I was thinking back, you know, is there a time I could think of? And I personally couldn't.
Thank you. I kind of have to think about this one too because I've had lots of good conversations, but I've also had lots of bad conversations because I didn't have a diagnosis for three years. Because um, this is something that just, it gets worse over time. And so when I was little, I didn't really deal with it. And then when I started dealing with it, people didn't really believe me. But one really good conversation that I just had pretty recently was with my grandma. And she was talking about how she has arthritis problems and how she feels like she's losing who she was because she can't do all the stuff that she used to do. And you know, I'm like 50 years younger than she is, but I can relate to that because I'm like, I have arthritis too and I can't do, I used to horseback ride a lot and I used to play softball and I can't do any of that anymore. Or so we could connect to each other like that of where we both felt like we were kind of losing our sense of self and who we were. Thank you. I don't try to hide my condition from anyone, but nor would I broadcast it necessarily. Uh, one very small incident that occurred a few years ago as a, another faculty member in my office and I needed to sign something for this person and there was a third faculty member present in the room as well. Uh, and the third faculty member knew about the, the problem I have with writing, but this second faculty member did not. And so when I signed the paper, and of course it turned out badly, uh, the second faculty member said, wow, that's quite the signature. And I remember thinking to myself, oh yeah, this person doesn't know, and the third faculty member was looking at me in a very knowing way, like, yeah, I, I know what's going on here. So it, it wasn't offensive, but it just made me think that, yeah, this is, this is what it's like when other people don't know what the situation is, and unintentionally may say something that uh, could be offensive, but in this case, not a big deal. Thank you. Um, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely hearing the necessity to be patient, uh, to maintain a sense of hope, who do I share with, who do I not share with, um, and also um, uh, how to, uh, there's a certain kind of pressure almost, I think, that you, you may be feeling to have to educate people, and there may be a pressure to always be on. Um, I'm wondering, this is the last question, um, as we continue to strive right to live and learn, kind of with each other, what are, what's one thing you want our community here to know uh, or understand in regards to the things that you've shared today? Yeah, I, I think, you know, the first thing is, like I said, that, that quote of uh, be kind, you don't know what other people are facing is just a new realization once you're the person dealing with something that others don't know is going on and how much that's appreciated. Um, but then I think the other thing is just how much words matter. Um, and, you know, I think back to when I was younger and words that I would throw around that now are just not politically correct. It's like, okay, it's beyond political correctness to say, you know, I used to do it all the time, especially because I, I'm very analytical, and I would say things like, oh, I'm very OCD about this. Well, now dealing with a wife who's OCD, I realize how hurtful those words can be and how misused they are, um, or uh, dealing with a six-year-old who's going to kindergarten and 
you know, all of his friends start calling something crazy. And it's like, okay, in our house, we aren't going to use the word crazy, even if we're talking about this video game, because that has connotations for mental health that we just don't want to deal with in that approach. Um, so just the realization of the words that we use, how we use them to describe things, especially if we're describing something derogatorily, um, that we're also unintentionally putting down the people who deal with those things as a regular part of their life. Um, to then say, I need to choose my words more wisely um, and how that's affected even the way that I approach language, how I approach um, how I describe something to, to not use a term out of context, um, but to say, hey, OCD is not something that we just joke around about when we're trying to be organized or when something bothers us because the lines don't line up. I don't have a compulsion related to that. I don't have those issues. So um, just realizing that words have meaning and that you don't know who around you is affected negatively by the words you use. Thank you, Tom. Marcus said about having to like choose whether you want to like go out to the movies or something because a lot of times people are like do you want to do this or do you want to do this and usually I have to choose between attending school that day or like going to the movie later with my friends yeah um so yeah other than that I'd like I really struggled with this because I was like there's so many things I want people to know but I can't say them all but I guess just believe people when they say that they have a problem because for three years I was in a massive amount of pain and nobody would believe me even if I showed them like my MRIs or my x-rays and stuff so it's just that was just really hard for me and now I feel even though I have a diagnosis I still don't want to tell people because I still don't think they're gonna believe me and then like going along with that just once you learn that somebody has a disability to learn about it like and ask them questions about it because you could look up EDS on the internet and find out a bajillion ways it affects people but you won't know how it personally affects me unless you ask me directly and I mean I know some people don't want to talk about their disability but if you ask people a lot of them will great thank you things change so over the course of your life you may run into a situation Perhaps 
something like mine in that uh, 20 or 25 years ago, if I look at letters that I wrote to my parents or my notes from classes or something like that, my handwriting was really good, and, and now it's not. And maybe 20 years from now, I will not be able to really write at all. And so things change, and we don't have a lot of control over lots of things in our lives, but uh, the Lord is good and his grace is sufficient. Thank you. Uh, I'm gonna close this in prayer now. Um, and if you could please give a, a warm round of applause. <laughs> good. The worship team is up. So um, Lord God, I just thank you for this day. And I thank you that for these brothers and sisters who are so willing to share of themselves that we may learn to be patient with one another as you have said in first thessalonians lord to see that no one ever repays evil for evil but we seek to be kind and encourage one another each day may we be patient may we be curious may we believe each other and may we learn may we image you well to the world and to each other thank you for what you are doing we praise you in jesus name amen